Why, hello, and welcome to our show. It is Sunday, August 9th, 2020. We are back for another exciting episode of The Ram Show. So with that, let me turn that other button on real quick so that we can hear Zach. Hello, Zach. How's it going? Are we having issues this week? Mm -hmm. Oh, can you hear me? Hi. Okay, cool. I don't know what's happening. How How is Zach this week? I don't know. I say that every week. <laughs> you should know I ask every week. You should know I'll answer the same every week. This is true. This is very true. But I don't know. Maybe something exciting happened. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It's possible. Let's see. Here. Maybe someday. Audio. So I've come to the realization that uh, when we roll the intro. Oh, let's see here. Um, where is the intro? Nope, not that one. That one. There we go. But it's not going to give me the options for it here yet. Um, let's see. Advanced audio properties. So I like to be able to hear it in my ears, but apparently when I do that, it creates a problem and we get this horrible like echo kind of thing. And I think we had audio levels set a little bit differently at one point in time. Um, so it was always there, but it was less noticeable, I think is what happened. So anyway, but yeah. Uh, do, 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 do. What do I got for updates this week? So, uh, I did a wedding last night. That was interesting. So, long day. Ton of fun. Uh, actually, one of my friends. So, I told this couple that I would DJ their wedding. Like, oh, I don't know, a year ago. And that happened last night. So... A long day, ton of fun, but uh, yeah, I'm uh, still pretty tired out from it. That sounds. Did you say that sounds awful? I said that sounds fair. Oh, that sounds fair. So my day started at like 1230 yesterday. So there is a location that I volunteer at. Uh, it's a like outdoor kind of like there's there's a large amount of space, a large amount of land and stuff like that. And it's got some nice scenery. And so the bride wanted to do some pictures out there. And so I had to go unlock the gate for that. So whole wedding party comes out. We do the first look and then uh, the bridal party does some pictures out there. So that was pretty fun. And then I had to head over to the reception venue or the uh, ceremony venue which was also outside and set up some sound for that so did that and then what was really awesome was the venue for the actual reception portion of it is literally just across the street 
So that was pretty cool. And I had already had, I have like two systems. So I'd already had my main system set up across the street. So uh, anyway, I uh, was able to head over there and dump my computer in. And then uh, that was pretty easy because like the dinner music portion was just all like Spotify, like playlist and stuff like that. So that was really, really easy. Now, here's the funny thing is the groom came up to me later in the night. So I had my I have a laptop that I take with me when I DJ. It's designated just for doing the DJing with. Uh, it's got the software on there. It's got our music loaded on. But I also have my MacBook Pro because I'd use that at the ceremony with uh, the music that they wanted for that. And then I was using that as a secondary system to play like all their dinner music and things like that and like anything out of Spotify. Now I can do this all out of one system and I have a USB sound card that like hooks in. So it gives me two audio devices to be able to play music out of. So I can play music either directly out of the headphone jack or over this USB audio card thing. And I set up the software so that all the audio from the software comes out over the USB thing. And then let's say I need to play something else or do something on the other end. Uh, I can separate those two things. But anyway, so yeah, the groom comes up and he's, you know, requesting some songs and he's like, are these both your computers? I'm like, yeah. He's like, that's awesome. So that begs the question. How much tech is too much tech, Zach? You don't go probably as crazy as I do. See, it's funny. You're a hardware guy, but I probably have more overall hardware than you do. Um, I suppose. I don't know. I mean, how many how many systems do you have? And we're talking either portable or desktop. Doesn't matter whether they're super, doesn't matter whether they're usable works, or not. One that could be made to work with a few parts. <laughs> Wait, did you say one that barely works? Old laptop. It's a good five, six years old, and it isn't in great shape, but it will turn on. It works. I thought the specs on that were decent-ish. They were decent-ish six years ago. What is, what is, okay, so you have, you have your old portable, which is, what is that thing? Is that, uh, in, like, an Asus or something like that? Asus? Mm-hmm. You have... It just it's like, I don't use it at all. Right. You have your new system that you built, your Ryzen system. And I would imagine you still have parts or you still have your Intel system. Most of the old computer, kind of. I mean, it has a motherboard, it has RAM, it has a CPU. Yeah, your 4790K, right? Yeah. You poached... You need a hard drive. Yep. You to boot and a graphics card to be much use. I was going to say, you poached the graphics card, didn't you? for your new system, your new build. Honestly, you know, I think this thing might be going on me finally. Makes me sad. Uh, the 980 Ti? It might be. Yeah, I mean, it, it artifacts occasional. <laughs> Do you remember 
when we shove the 980 Ti, there's a video about, there's a video on this, by the way. We put your 980 Ti in my toaster system. Do you remember that? Yeah. Do you remember the, uh, the weird, like, totally screwed up power solution that we had to use for that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it worked. It did work! Nobody should try that. In any case, um, I really hope it lasts like a month and a half. That's all I can say. So let me ask you this. So if you're going to upgrade, what what do you go for? I don't know. You go for 20 series? No. Oh, you're not going to go for 20 30 series. 30 series is looking to be too much of an improvement over 20 series to even justify it. Oh, so you might jump to 30 series. Why not? I mean... I got five years out of this one. Almost. Not horrible. No, not at all. So. What does... Uh, so, okay, so you, so you've got, like... I mean, we don't even know the names of the cards that are coming right. out yet. But if we assume that everything is the same, and it's, you know, a 60, 70, 80, 80 Ti, and a Titan for really rich people, I don't know. I'd... I, I'd go for an 80 or an 80 Ti, most likely. So you've got three systems in your possession, only one of which is two and a half. very, very yeah. usable. Only okay, I'll give, you, I'll give you two and a half. Well, I've got systems here that are... Eh. Okay. So let's see here. What do I have? I have Redmond, which is sitting right next to me. Uh, this is my main working system i have titan which is see you don't name your systems i do no i don't do that i never understood why is it that you cannot be bothered to or that you just don't care Doesn't or does really it mean anything to me i guess i don't know ah uh, okay for me it's a way of identifying the systems so i've got redmond uh again which is sitting right next to me I have Titan, which is in my bag. That is that new Dell G7 that I have. And that is my portable, main portable working machine, which actually doesn't get used that much. Then again, we've all been self, you know, self-quarantine isolation things. So, you know, haven't had a ton of a need for it. Let's see. What else do I have? I have the MacBook Pro. I have the Mac Mini. I have the Mac Pro G5. I have Casper, which is actually not usable right now. That's an old Dell system that I have. I have Maverick, which is my old previous system which is now running as a Plex server. I have... I think it's... I don't remember what I named it. Maybe Trixton or something like that. It starts with a T, uh, which is a little like portable 2-in-1. And I don't know where the charger is for that thing right now. I have... What else? And then I think I've got like two or three. Oh, I've got my Windows XP machine, which is an old Dell like Inspiron system. 
And then I think I have like two other laptops floating around. Uh, I just picked up a new Dell the other day. And then I have like an old HP with like some AMD Athlon processor in it that, yeah, it's not great. And the Dell one that I picked up the other day, I was like, okay. So I picked it up for like 20 bucks or something like that. I don't remember exactly what was wrong with it. And, oh, I think it, it had a password on it. So I, I, that's what it was. Totally got around that with reinstalling Windows. There was some BS crap I had to do with that. But uh, it's a dual core system and it runs like garbage. <laughs> it has like a core i3 or core i5. I think it's a core i3. Might be a core i5. But I was like, I picked one of those up and I'm like, oh, that should be decent enough. And then come to find out that it's only a dual core processor. And I'm like, oh, well, that's why this thing runs like hot garbage. So I mean, uh, not necessarily. But I don't know. Whatever. When you go from a either a six core or well, a lot of what There's I'm running is like a lot more things that are outdated than just the CPU. Well, okay, so it's only got a single dim of memory in it. So yeah, rip, that's not that's not going to be something you notice instantly. Rip dual channel. It's got an SSD in it right now. But anyway, that might just be one that I like flip and get rid of it. So for, you know, 20, 30 bucks or something like that, just make my money back on it. So, yeah, but um, so that's why I say how much tech is too much tech. Although, here's the thing. I am thinking about getting rid of a lot of those systems and exploring maybe doing some virtualization. Would be a learning experience. It would, but if I could build a virtualization server, I could eliminate at least a couple machines because I could fire up one to run a Linux distro. Probably wouldn't even need to virtualize it though. Like, what is the reason to separate them? Uh, different operating Besides systems. Just wanting to. Well, that, but different operating like systems. Because uh, one of them would be a like a Linux distro. Uh, likely Is Fedora. Is it necessary for them to have different OSs? Uh, well, I want to run my SQL. And while I can technically do it on Windows, uh, there's, well, and I want to run Apache and things like that. And I, I think a lot of that is much easier on a Linux distro. Uh, plus, I want to have a Linux distro anyway, because I don't do a ton with Linux, but... I still want to have it as an option uh, to be able to do specific things or, you know, to, to learn with and to play with and things like that. And then like a second virtualized or uh, second, you know, virtual server would be like a Plex server. And then I would probably do. So honestly, I'd probably run something like FreeNAS and then also run something like uh, free NAS or something on it. Uh, or did I, I already say? Twice. Uh, I, I, that twice. 
I'm sorry. I would probably run something uh, like Unraid on it, which I can do virtualization with, and then also do like a, a free NAS uh, system on it as well. So part of it would be NAS, part of it would be a virtualization server. So that's that's kind of the thing there. And I don't know what that looks like or anything, but, uh, and, and I don't know. Do I, I guess you don't need a ton for virtualization, but I guess it also depends on how many systems you want to run on it. But that would, like I said, that would eliminate a couple of systems for me and compact everything down into one, one system. And then if I wanted to have like test environments for specific things, I could just fire up virtual machines on it. So maybe one of them is running, I don't know, a server operating, you know, Microsoft server operating system for doing specific testing with that. Or I have a system that is designed specifically for, uh, pushing up, you know, Windows updates down to for testing purposes before they, they hit my, my regular systems. Did I tell you about this? I installed a Windows update the other day on Titan and it like totally broke Chrome. Like I could launch, I, I could launch Chrome, but I couldn't get anywhere. Like no pages would load. Uninstalled the update. Everything started working again. Yeah, I can believe that. So, you know what I love? I went back and listened to last week's show, and there's still a lot of things I need to work on. I do this from point from time to time. So, one of the things I'm trying to avoid doing is saying, uh, eh, uh, because I do it a lot, and I'm going to probably go back and rewatch this stream later and be like, oh, I did that way more than I thought I did. Oh, I don't want to listen to myself later. I know you don't. So one thing is I really want to try to be better about taking our stream here and then cutting that audio and uploading it as an actual podcast. So we'll see how that works, but I want to be better about doing that. And then that way, because, you know, these streams are pretty long. If people don't want to watch them, they can listen to them. And that's what a lot of people are doing with stuff like this. So anyway, I, I just i am hopefully going to try to be better about that. But with that said, let's actually get into topics for this week, uh, this week. So our headline topic this week, Apple is under a little bit of fire right now because they are picking on the little guy. So what's new? Well, we'll get into it in a moment. Uh, Zach, what uh, what has been a problem with, uh, with uh, Zoom? I don't know. What have people been doing? And... Zoom got some heat. Lot. Well, yes, but Zoom got some heat for this and then implemented some tools to try to to cut down on it. Uh I don't know. Uh the term Zoom bombing. 
Remember we talked about uh, the Twitter hack last week? Yeah. So, so they were, yeah, we talked about the Twitter hack last week. So they were doing a a hearing, a virtual hearing, utilizing Zoom, and it got Zoom bombed. <laughs> oh, man. You know, honestly, I just picture a bunch of, like, you know, fancy executives and senators and whoever in suits and ties and then some some troll just joins the room and you know starts spamming or whatever and oh it's great and like i just picture a bunch of like old men just like <gasps> what is this <laughs> so just absolutely bewildered i mean i i'm i you know it wouldn't be correct to condone it but i think the image is funny to imagine you know well, okay, we'll talk about it, and there was definitely some user error there. Oh, yeah, I'm sure they did something stupid if uh, someone was able to do that to them. Uh, Microsoft News, of course. We are talking about Windows this week, and something that Microsoft has maybe learned. We'll see. We'll see. Better late than never. Intel got hacked. Did you hear about this? Uh, yeah. Like 20 gigabytes of... Yeah, I did, actually. ...of uh, data got leaked or something. And there is a... a fairly decent Snapdragon flaw, I guess, that is leaving many Android devices at risk. I didn't read a ton into it. Uh, a couple other things maybe to cover... Uh, California's net neutrality law thing that they're trying to work on and uh, Intel's 11th gen. I guess they're releasing some stuff. So anyway, but with all of that, let's go ahead and roll the intro. That is going to take a little bit of getting used to, not being able to hear that in my ears anymore, but I think it will eliminate the problem of the... Hang on. Yeah, I think that'll eliminate the problem of the uh, the echo that we had going on with that. So anyway, let's get into this right away. And actually... What I need to do is I'm going to pull this up over here because this is a very visual kind of thing here. So Apple is taking legal action against a small company's pair logo, Zach. So Prepare, it's a meal planning and grocery list app that helps people discover recipes and a whole lot more. And basically, it's a spinoff from the founders of Super Healthy Kids. I have no idea what that app is, but anyway. Okay, I'll save the comment, actually. No, go for it. No, no, it's... uh, I need to think more about it. Oh, okay. (laughs) So, 
let's see here. Drive. Because let me let me pull this up and get you a picture of this new logo. Well, I don't know if it's actually a new logo, but the the logo in question that we have. So uh, here we go. I am going to send this over to you as well so you can take a look at it here. All right, so here we go. Here is Here are the two logos side by side right here. They don't even really look the same at all. Right! Exactly! So, anyway, the this company here, Prepare, is saying that their logo is now under attack from Apple. And the other day, so this was on Saturday, so presumably on Friday, Super Healthy Kids shared a post detailing their new legal woes with Apple. Apple, and according to the founders, Apple has opposed the trademark application for their small business, Prepare, demanded that they change their obvious pear-shaped logo, and used to, uh, or that's used to represent their brand in the recipe management and meal planning business. Now, there's a petition on changed.org, change excuse me, and uh, Prepare says that before attacking us, Apple has, get this, opposed dozens of other trademark applications filed by small businesses with fruit-related logos. So it, it looks nothing like Apple. No, but it. it's the fact that it's a fruit. So? Apparently. <laughs> and here's okay. the thing, is that because... Yeah, I mean, that's not an incorrect statement. But here's the thing. Okay. Because of this, many look at that and think that it looks anything like Apple. No, it doesn't. And we'll talk about that in a second. But here's the thing. So because of of Apple's action against a lot of these small businesses, many of them have decided to either change or abandon their logos or they just can't fight Apple because they don't have the funds to do it. And I think some of them have even well, gone out of business. Really I think that's really stupid, honestly. Like, you know, if 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 someone gets legal action against them by a big, giant, super mega corporation, you know, it's going to cost them just to fight them. Even if the allegations or whatever is being brought against them are complete nonsense, it's still going to cost them a lot of money. Here's the thing. It. And Apple knows that. That's why they and do it. Yes. Uh, yes, exactly. They do. And, you know, that's a drop in the bucket for them. They don't care. It's like, you know, that's like going and, you know, having lunch at McDonald's you right. know, for a billionaire. And prepare, prepare is saying that they are a small company. They have five people on staff and the legal costs have already cost them many thousands of dollars. And they've even had to lay off one of their team members, uh, in their their legal fight against the iPhone maker Apple, which is really sad. Uh, now, Prepare says they feel a moral obligation to take a stand against Apple's aggressive legal action against small businesses and fight for the right to keep their logo. 
they are defending themselves against Apple not only to keep their logo, but to send a message to big tech companies that bullying small businesses has consequences. And so far, just over 8,200 signatures have been signed out of a goal of 10,000 signatures on change.org. Now, here's the thing. Yeah, but what is the petition going to do? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't really know don't know. But like, it's it's all great, you know, to say like, hey, 10,000 people agree, but, you know, or, or what, you know? Yeah. What happens if Apple still doesn't agree, you know? Like, they, they're not just going to change their mind because 10,000 people say they should. Well, I don't know what happens in a legal standpoint here, but... I hope for the sake of this small business I, yeah, I agree. that I the judge Apple sides in their decision. But I hope Apple gets roasted and I hope it costs them a lot of money. Whatever it costs them is going to be dropped in the bucket. But oh, I'm sure, but I hope it costs them, you know, hundreds of times at least. I, what know, I hope is is that if prepare wins the legal battle here that some of their costs and I would imagine that that's written in some of their legal costs are going to be recuperated. Well, that's the problem is that, you know, most of the companies can't even get to that point. You know, for, before you can get your money back, you have to win. <laughs> right. You know, but before you can win, you have to expensive to win, right. to front the money to win, you know, exactly. You don't have any money to front to win. Now I'm not a legal expert. You're not a legal expert, Zach. Nobody, we're not legal experts, but look, look at them. They don't look anything alike at all. Now here's the thing. If that's I remember stupid. correctly, about copyright law is that as long as you change one slight little thing, you're no longer copywriting something. Now, um, I, don't, I don't know how that works with trademarks. I'm willing to bet it's more nuanced than that in the case. I'm of like sure a it is. A, it's a, I'm sure there's a Passive. gray area in there, but and come I, on. You know, I bet it's up to even like, you know, like the judge that sees this. Right. But I mean, but come like, on. Come on. No one with any common sense is going to look at these and say they're anything remotely close to each other. So what is Apple arguing? Then? What is their argument for saying that this is too much like their I don't know. Let's, is there any hang on. argument to read? Let's see here. So here are the documents. I think. Oh, goodness gracious. Uh, like, wow, the fruit has a leaf on it in their logo and so does ours. It's basically copied. So, notice is hereby given that the following party opposes registration of the the indicated application. Let's see here. Really? One Apple Park way? Really? Well, I guess Microsoft does that too. Oh yeah, it's all uh, make them feel important and uh, cool or something. Uh, I really don't know how to read this. Because it's in like lawyer speak, yeah. Neither do I. Class 009, first used 1990 or 1977, first use in com commerce. I think this is just talking about the actual. Oh, this is talking about the patent, patent and trademark of the of the Apple logo. Design mark. Description of Mark, none. Description of Mark, none. <laughs> I like that. Word Mark, none. Let's see. Description of Mark. 
The mark consists of the design of an apple with a bite removed. I would agree. <gasps> wow. This is a stunning revelation I never could have guessed. I thought this was actually... Oh, here's the documentation for Apple, like the, the text version of Apple. Uh, Apple Watch. Apple Watch Edition. Trademark office before the trademark trial and appeal board. Uh, let's see. Apple Inc. versus Super Healthy Kids Inc. Apple Inc., a California corporation with a principal place of business at one park, Apple Parkway, California will be damaged. Oh, I love this. By the assurance oh, of a registration for the trademark shown in application serial number, yada, yada, yada. In class 42 and 45, hereby opposed the same. Oh, class 42 and 45. There's grounds for its opposition. Apple alleges as follows with knowledge concerning its own acts and on, and on information and belief as to all other matters. Let's see, facts. Apple is the world-famous designer, manufacturer, and marketer of mobile communication media devices. Okay, I'd agree with that. Personal computers and seller of a variety of related software. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, let's see since at least as early as 1977 apple has extensively promoted marketed advertised distributed and sold goods with and services in connection with a family of trademarks consisting in whole or in part of the word apple or its graphics or graphic equivalent the apple logo okay Let's see, Apple's family of Apple marks are distinctive, arbitrary, and I, let's see. Most valuable but what brands. is the claim? That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> I just cannot even begin to understand, like, what is the actual claim that they're making, though? I don't know. Crazy. It's bonkers. Um, let's see. Perfect. Let's see. The above identify. Let's see. Apple marks becoming distinctive and famous. Uh, Super Healthy Kids Inc. Final application. Okay. Arcane intentional class 42 and 45 for the following services. Okay. Let's see. First grounds for opposite or opposition. Likely to cause confusion or to oh, oh buzz off. <laughs> I know, right? Trash. Uh there is no issuance as to priority. Apple began using the Apple mark in commerce as early as okay. Um, look, okay, that's fair, but they look not nothing alike. No, 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 okay, I'm, I'm saying from a legal standpoint, it is fair. It is a fair argument to say that it will cause confusion. And I'm not saying about this. I'm just saying in general, if you're, if you're looking at something from a legal standpoint, it is fair if something is similar, which these clearly do not, at least to me, look similar. But if they if they did, 
that yes, there could be there could be confusion. That is a fair argument. Not not in this case, I don't think here. But as a as as if you were if you were looking to go for for legal you know for for a legal reason, then that is a fair legal reason. Uh, let's see. Dil- or dilution of a famous mark, whatever the heck that means. Okay. Dilution of a famous mark. I don't know. I don't know if that's like taking something and like um. Like defacing it or something like that. Uh, I don't know. Either way, what I can tell you is, is that they do not look anything alike to me. No, they don't. Let me see. So the the that that's not where the the original. Here we go. Um. Let's see. Let's see if this article on The Verge has anything different. Um, Apple's filed a notice of opposition against a metal or meal prep company because it claims that prepares uh, apps cartoon fruit logo. In this case, a pair is too close to Apple's own trademark logo. They don't even they're not even in the same business. No, which, of course, no, no, they're they're claiming, though, that I, I I guess what I don't understand is why they even care. Because they're claiming that the pear here looks too close to the apple. Okay, but first of all, <laughs> okay, let's assume that it looked closer. They're not even selling a competing product. No, but there could be that argument of confusion there. Uh, and Apple's just a terrible company sometimes. I, I, I guess. <laughs> So yeah, so they're like, saying wow, that Apple. I'm really sorry that a company with five employees uh, caused you such. He's so threatening to you, apparently. <laughs> that's what. That's what's hilarious about this is apparently a small company with five employees is threatening to you by using a pair that doesn't even look anything like your Apple. So uh, the company claims that the pair logo would cause. Uh, delusion of the distinctiveness of the Apple logo. So they want to be the only fruit in town? Apparently. That other fruits make their fruit look less good? I don't know. Oh, and they say, so that makes it they that's, that makes it difficult for consumers to distinguish between prepare, or prepare and Apple uh, goods and services. Basically, they think that, you know, people are too stupid to tell the difference between that and that. People are too stupid, and they, you know, as soon as they see a logo of a fruit, they automatically think of Apple. That's what they think, I guess. And, you know, anybody else who has a fruit-related logo is infringing on that or something. I don't know. Let's see. Applicants mark consist of a... worse and worse the longer we talk about it. (laughs) Oh, I know. <laughs> I already looked at it ahead of time, and I was like, no, these do not look similar at all. But applicants, Mark, consist of I mean, a... It should just be. They don't look 
even close. Case closed. Right. Applicant's mark consists of a minimalistic fruit design with a right-angled leaf, which readily calls to mind Apple's famous Apple logo and creates a similar commercial impression. The count uh, filing continues. The Apple marks are so are yeah. The Apple marks are so famous and instantly recognizable that the similarities in applicant's mark will overshadow any differences and cause the ordinary consumer to believe the applicant is related to, affiliated with, or endorsed by Apple. No, what? What? It's a right angled leaf. But... So what they're saying is, is that if I look at what if they just mirrored the logo and then they were like, okay, well now okay, it's, now it's that if they took the Apple logo and flipped it, no, no, that... no, I mean, turn theirs there. They flipped theirs around so that it was on the left side instead of the right side. I don't know. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, you know, it's, I don't know, whatever. I don't know. This is dumb. I what? hope this goes nowhere. <laughs> I hope they get fined for doing this, but I'm sure they won't. And if, if they do, they won't. Let, let me ask sure, you. But whatever. I've got both of these side by side. Does that pair remind you anything of Apple? Well, now it does, because now <laughs> I'll see that and I'll think, oh, yeah, that's <laughs> that's the company that Apple is trying to sue into the ground. <laughs> Aha, Apple. Now I think of Apple. And there you go. All right. I should probably stop giving them ideas. But if I if I were to show this to if I were to show that logo to 50 people or say or something like that, probably not even that that many and ask them, does this logo remind you of something else? I wonder how many people would say, oh, yeah, it reminds me of Apple. I think. See, I think that that even that like question is even like too suggestive of a potential answer, right? I mean, water it down a bit. Yeah, I don't know. Like, but... what does this logo make you think of? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, because I guarantee you that no one is going to say Apple, the company. Mm, let's see. <laughs> so the I, I laugh at this, but it's really not that laughable. Uh, the co-founder, uh, Russell Munson, started a petition, um, save the pair from Apple. Uh, I don't know why I did air quotes, but let's see. Uh, let's see. So Apple's court filing states that since it offers... I, identical and or high re highly related goods and services and it has what? services related to computer software as well as healthcare nutrition oh nutrition Wait, general what? wellness and social networking that a meal they planning service app would be meal with... planning software no, no no nutrition general wellness and social networking that a meal planning service app would be within apple's natural zone of expression what? for Apple's Apple marks. Oh no! Stop! Stop! Make in, it stop! In other words, customers. Oh. In God, other words, customers may look at the pair's logo thing. and assume the recipe app is an Apple product because it's something Apple might do. 
Oh, man. Apple points out it has several health and nutrition related apps and services already. I don't. And how world famous are they? Apps and services. Well, actually, probably pretty. Uh, I would argue Apple Health. Probably not as famous as their logo by a long shot. Well, Apple Apple Health and stuff like that. Look, okay, reading that I can maybe kind of see, but like it's a far stretch. I think. I can't at all. <laughs> can you? Can you this really is just see? The biggest joke. Look, can you really I, see I can Apple? See what does... they're trying to say, okay. but I think they're completely wrong. Can you actually see Apple designing that though? I don't even know. I, I, I kind of don't. Well, I don't know. I don't know either. I, I don't maybe, know. I don't, I don't think. I think that that's kind of a, again, like that question kind of suggests the answer. Like, yeah, I'm, you know, maybe in some way you could. I think, well, that's what they're arguing, though, is that it could be mistaken. That logo could be mistaken as something that Apple would have created, therefore associating that with Apple. But like just the level of mental gymnastics required to even get there. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. I don't know. That's just dumb. Uh, let's see here. Is there anything I'm trying to trying to use my other hand now? Uh, let's see. So yes, oh, it's too close to Apple's own trademark logo, which of course, and uh, let's see. Oh, oops, I I jumped back up. Um. Let's see. He writes the company's small business. Five boys. I covered that. Um, in other words, cust yeah, customers may look at Prepare's logo and assume that the recipe app is an Apple product because of something Apple might do. Okay, Prepare's co-owner um, says she isn't trying to get people to stop using Apple products, but wants to push back on the company's uh, stance. Look, I've been against Apple for a little bit here now. Look, there are certain products. Again, iPad I will buy. But other than that, kind of sort of over Apple's products. So. And like with this right here, not, not a great PR move for Apple here. I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe in a perfect world, this would blow up and a lot of people would know about it. And I'm sure it would be a disaster for them. But really, I don't see that happening. No, I don't either. Well, and here's the problem. This isn't the first time that Apple has pursued legal action against another company for a similar looking logo. Uh, in 2019, it sent an objection letter uh, to the patent office in Norway, arguing that the uh, political party uh, that is some word in German that I'm not even going to attempt had an Apple logo. It closely resembled what? its own. Okay, but, okay, hang on, hang on. Here's the thing, though, okay? Look. Let's see if there's a picture of it. Okay, now this... Hmm. 
I don't know how I feel about this. So this is the other logo that apparently Apple was had an objection to. Now, okay, look, here's the thing about it doesn't this. Doesn't even look like Apple logo either. It's, it's an it Apple though. Apple, but okay. It doesn't look anything like Apple's logo. No, it doesn't. Besides being an Apple. Hmm. I mean, you can't yeah. have it. Like there's it just it would just be ridiculous to say that they have like a monopoly on using oh, never mind. the object Apple in a logo. I was going to say, I think uh, is Scholastic, uh, but no, Scholastic is a book. I was going to say, is Scholastic uh, an Apple logo? There's companies that have an Apple in their logo. And especially like a political. So if Apple wants to make the argument on this whole, uh, it could be misinterpreted. And uh, what, is, what does Apple have to do with politics? But what are they arguing? Apple News? Well, now they have something to do with it because they've done this. They just got themselves involved in it by uh, taking oh legal action oh against my a political goodness. organization. Okay. <laughs> Look, okay. Uh, and, and this one here. This one right here. Look, okay, at least on this one, I can kind of see the this little leaf. the closest one, but... I can see the apple leaf. That's... The, the little leaf That's the there. only thing I can see. I just... Um... Man, imagine having to be the lawyer that has to... You know, try to explain this to, you know, people who you need to agree with you. I don't know, a judge or a important person that makes the decision. I don't know. I don't know how this works. Just imagine being the person who has to say all this crap with a straight face and being completely serious. I just, I don't know. This is so <laughs> stupid. They don't look anything alike. And let me ask you, do you remember, I don't know, so Nickelodeon did this a long time. They used a pair, do you remember? No, honestly I don't. Let's see. Uh, let's see if I can find an image of... I would argue, now I wonder... I wonder if now, okay, so Nickelodeon is a much bigger company. And actually, I don't even I don't even know if Nickelodeon. Well, no, I'm just saying in general. And I don't even know if. Uh, let's see here. So, yeah, so Nickelodeon basically did a spinoff of like Apple products, right? And one could argue. Okay, so here we go. So here's this, right? Let me let me shoot you a picture of this, right? I would argue that that would that would resemble more of a. And I don't know, Nickelode only because of the icons. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I guess. But I guess I I guess one could argue, right? That's a pair right there. 
And I guess one could say that, look, I don't know. Nickelodeon has lawyers and things like that. They may have gotten some kind of clearance for this, right? It was also a different time. But, like, I don't know. Look at, look at right down here. The, the little home button. Now, one would argue that the home button is a very, very, like, iPhone Apple thing. I would still argue for the icons more than I would argue for the. Um, oh, those look those look similar. legitimately. So icons do look pretty similar. Well, okay, you never actually. I think those are like added because you never actually see the icons in like the show or anything like that. They never actually show icons. Uh, I was talking more specifically the back of it, but anyway. I mean, I don't. Know. That's the first thing I thought of when I thought uh, when I saw that pear shaped logo thing. I was like, Nickelodeon did it. I don't know if they ever got any flack from Apple for that. And again, like I said, they've got bigger. So one, Nickelodeon has bigger lawyers. So Apple may have been like, eh, it's not worth it. Uh, or Nickelodeon may have gone through the proper channels to actually obtain some legal protection and rights to use that and yada, yada, yada. But yeah, I don't know. Anyway, so Wait, wouldn't that fall under just like like a like, like a parody, I guess that's like a not a parody. Uh, well, no, no, no. Okay, yeah, I don't know like how in, all that in no way attempting to imitate an iPhone. If anything, it's almost like a I guess a joke imitation, like a satirical imitation of right. A yeah, and. Uh... I don't know that. That is a very big like, gray area. We're we're way out of our lane here in terms of legal stuff. I just think I just think that all of this is so stupid. It's so stupid. What? It's clearly not an iPhone. Let them do what they want. It's clearly not an Apple. Let them do what they want. You know, like I don't know, whatever. Yeah, I... it's clearly not copying your logo. Let them do what they want. You know, that's it, really. Final thoughts on this is that all I can say is I hope that this works out for the little guy. I hope it blows up in Apple's face, and it probably won't, though. No, probably won't. But anyway, so let's move on. So the alleged Twitter teen hackers hearing got Zoom bombed big time. <laughs> so we talked about it last week. So last Friday, 17-year-old, his name is Graham Clark. He was arrested and charged as the mastermind behind the massive Twitter hack he allegedly posed as a member of Twitter's IT department and used Twitter's own admin tools to break into accounts. Now, the court had publicly revealed last week that it was going to be holding the hearing over Zoom. Now, here's the thing about this is that in Florida, the general public is allowed to attend these hearings, as far as I understand. So there's that. So they, they held a oh, Zoom yeah, session. Invitation, please come troll us. They held a Zoom invitation or, or Zoom hearing with no password required. Oh, yeah. Please come troll us. Because the, that is totally the best way to start that off. So anyway, trolls decided to Zoom bomb the entire hearing, sweeping disgusting noises or spewing disgusting noises, piping in distracting music in several different languages, uh, cursing up the court. 
and eventually hijacking the stream with a Pornhub clip. Standard fare, really. What would you expect? Uh, according to cybersecurity reporter Brian Krebs, uh, he stopped watching after he realized first that the 17-year-old defendant wasn't going to show up anyway, and uh, then just listened to the rest through his earbuds. <laughs> My favorite part about that is the part where he says the 17 year old kid wasn't even going to show up anyway, which I mean, you know, uh, so the judge whose name is Christopher Nash, he spent more time rapidly force ejecting trolls than he actually did delivering his decision. <laughs> uh, now here's the interesting, well, okay. So, I mean, Zoom has has increased security a little bit. So now you actually have to be accepted into okay, turn you know surely you have to turn on the security, right? Like you have to Right. So hang on. We'll we'll talk about that in a second here. But he did have to he did have to approve each attending or attend uh, each person attending the meeting. Like he had to like actually say, "Hey, you can can join the the thing." The problem was there was no way for him to actually decipher who was like a legitimate um, journalist and who wasn't. Um, <laughs> you know, here's the thing about this. Be so between all of this, though, or throughout all of this, though, uh, both the judge and, like, both lawyers from either side stayed really, really calm and uh, just kind of let things happen, and then they moved on like nothing happened, so they stayed very professional about it. Um, but it got to a point where I think after the, the Pornhub video came up, where the judge is basically like, okay, we're done. <laughs> um, and he, he's, he's given up on letting the, the general public attend any of these further hearings, which is, is great. So in the future, uh, they're going to be holding these hearings, probably still using Zoom, just with password protections in place. And then presumably they'll figure out how to distribute those to the appropriate parties uh, to... You know, allow them. Hey, to I mean, it. it's all well and good if they have more security, but you know, if you're just going to make it public anyway, it doesn't really do you any good, does it? So, what's interesting here is is that I'm pretty sure there are a number of settings that you can set in Zoom to not allow guests to have their mics turned on. Uh, or share their screen, or a whole bunch of other things that would. So I, I attended right, a. Those things aren't going to do you any good if they don't turn them on. Right. On. Right. Exactly. So is it? And that's why I said there may have been some user error there. Uh, now, on the other hand, there may have been a lack of knowledge in terms of you know those particular settings. So is that on Zoom's end, and is that something that they should maybe? maybe make more clear uh, in their documentation because I attended a zoom session. Uh, it was some kind of webinar for, Oh, I don't remember what, Oh, it was from Pulseway or something like that. Uh, have you ever heard of Pulseway? I have no idea what that is. So Pulseway is a, a management software for, um, Oh, um, like managed it companies and things like that. Uh, so okay. I haven't installed on one of the I haven't installed on the server at the church, and so I can log into a control panel and actually monitor that system. I can monitor its performance. I can monitor 
the temperatures. I can send commands down to it. I can say, hey, um, install updates. I can schedule those tasks if I want. And if somebody locks themselves out because it's connected through our Active Direct, it's connected to Active Directory. If somebody locks themselves out, not only do I get a notification about it, uh, although be it not immediately, but I will get a notification about it. I can also then go in and unlock that user directly from my phone. I don't even have to like remote into the server, uh, which is kind of cool. But anyway, so they were doing some. Uh, yeah, it's pretty nice. So they were doing some kind of webinar about like security or what? Uh, I think it was how to uh, apply updates and stuff like that and roll out updates or whatever. Uh, I kind of got bored with it and left, but they, they held it using Zoom and I connected right in and I did not have any options to enable my mic. I didn't have any options to, I was basically just a viewer was all it was. So that would have probably been the best way for them to set this up. But again, I don't know if it was a lack of lack of knowledge or what exactly. Um, but look, you gotta be smart. I'm sorry. Like, what did you think was gonna happen? Come on. Yeah, I don't know. It's like a. It's an open invitation for it. I'm sorry. Poorly thought out. But, you know. I mean, it's sad that we've got people that, that do this kind of stuff. But the thing is, it's the reality of the world we live in. There are just terrible people. So, anyway. Um, moving on. So, Microsoft news for this week. Uh, Microsoft signals... Re uh, Signals renewed interest in Windows with the latest. Basically, Microsoft did some reshuffling. Uh, Microsoft is making some significant changes to the way it runs its Windows organization this week, signaling a renewed focus on the operating system that made its name. Uh, in parts to, you know, Bill Gates and things like that. Anyway, so the software giant placed us uh, surface cheap Panos Panay. I think that's how you pronounce this guy's name, in charge of Windows earlier this year, and now they're reshuffling the team. So, uh, which follows Microsoft's decision to slice Windows. Yeah, see, here's the thing. They, they basically sliced the whole Windows team into, like, two parts more than, like, two years ago. Just, like, so there's, like, one team that does, like, all the development in terms of, like, uh, I think like the apps and the start menu and like new features. And then there was another team um, on like the AI. Oh, there was an AI team and like Azure that was responsible for doing all the testing and things like that. And so from all my understanding is, is that at one point in time, Microsoft used to actually test Windows on real hardware. And then they kind of moved that to, I think, AI and the Windows Insider um, like thing 
to have like you know the general public test it so they didn't have to pay people presumably <laughs> uh and like the reporting tools that they they're so rich be so cheap right uh, how do they stay rich uh, so anyway uh but apparently like the reporting tools a lot of product i don't know if they've gotten better but so, supposedly the reporting tools in the like insider builds uh are not that great in terms of like what gets sent back to Microsoft so that they can actually, which is funny given all the telemetry data, uh, but apparently in terms of like what the like what the problems actually are, uh, supposedly they've improved that. I think I could be don't don't quote me on that. But anyway, but that's that's as far as I know is that they they stopped doing testing kind of in house on on real hardware, so. Uh, so they've created a new group to work on. <sighs> oh yeah. So Microsoft moved core windows development to a cloud and AI team. The Azure team. Uh, yeah, that, that, that product's got its own issues. Anyway. Uh, and created a new group to work on Windows 10 experiences, like, you know, the app menu, the start menu. Uh, so Microsoft is now moving parts of Windows development back under Panos, Pan, uh, Panos Panay's control. Um, and here's the best part. It's an admission that the big Windows split didn't quite work as planned. No, really, Microsoft. And there's been plenty of evidence of it. Like uh, a messy development experience for Windows 10, delayed Windows updates, lack of major new features. Oh, and uh, lots of Windows update issues recently. Like, oh, I don't know. Um, your files just randomly deleting themselves? You remember that one? Okay, you know what? To tell you the truth, I'm okay with all of those things except update thing like that's dumb right that shouldn't happen but you know what they're having problems getting like new quote-unquote features out you know i'm i'm fine with that because you know whenever they add stuff that they think is cool it's always <laughs> awful and no one wants it and they and they but they really really want you to like it so they like shove it in your face and they're like look at our feature it's awesome right you'll love it i know and you know what did I? I opened. So let's just, you know, like, please, just, just don't touch it. It works fine. What did I do the other it. day? I opened alone, Edge, and it was like this huge. It. I opened Edge or something like that. On I don't remember it was on my system or it's like something else, and it was like this huge giant page that like you just couldn't get rid of. It like filled the entire screen. No, like wouldn't go away. It's like, hey, welcome to Edge. Like, please don't install another browser. Yeah. Anyway. And, the, the, and you know, they just pop some crap in your <laughs> face about like, please don't install another browser. Wait before you do. So Microsoft's reshuffle or reshuffle is focused on cleaning up Windows to ship and update it reliably. That'd be nice. Uh, Microsoft's Windows team under Panay would still work closely with the core engineering side of Windows under Azure. Please don't. Azure has enough issues on its own. 
like, come on, let's let's work out the issues. Look, OK, I might be a little off here. I don't actually know all the the, the specifics 100 percent. But as far as I know, Azure has its issues. And like any platform does, but like uh, I just like Azure is not like great, great from my understanding. Eh. And if that's true, that makes total sense. Let's 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 pass something off to a team that already has their own issues working on the thing that they're actually supposed to work on already. <laughs> like, let's let them let's let them figure that out first before we give them something else to try to work on. I mean, that sounds like a sane decision, right? Or maybe I'm just wrong. I don't know. But look, if I, if I if I give a team a job and they can't complete that job correctly, why would I give them something else to work on? So, yeah, I don't know. Um, now, here's the thing. So, and part of this is probably due to the whole COVID-19 thing, because, look, there has been a much bigger focus on Windows inside Microsoft um, because of, you know, people working remotely and things like that. Windows Windows usage has jumped a ton, um, and now Microsoft is focused on growing Windows and Surface, um, which I guess is a good sign for Windows users. I mean, could be better improvements and things like that, and less bugs and crashes. Hopefully, and... some hopefully actual improvements and not some uh, you know quote unquote improvements that uh, we know right. you'll really hopefully, like. Hopefully, hopefully, when we do see updates come down, they will be not half baked, shall we say? So, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, Intel. Had a massive, like, 20 gigabyte uh, internal data breach. So, uh, 20 gigabytes of uh, confidential, like, intel uh, intellectual property was, like, leaked to the internet. Uh, let's see. So, Intel's Resource and Design Center is a website dedicated to providing the company's partnerships with uh, NDA documentation for product integration purposes. Uh, reports are also cropping up that some of the files uh, that were leaked were marked with NDA license agreements to um, Centrum Information Company Limited. I don't know. That's a Chinese company established um, and existing under the laws of the People's Republic of China. So people are saying that that may have uh, also been hacked. Um, so as with most of these things, posted by an anonymous source for obvious reasons. Actually, I don't know about that. I think aren't some hackers like very proud of like doing that and they'll sign their things kind of oh, like a signature. I don't know. I think that's a thing. Probably not with their real name. No, 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 no. It's their, it's like their hacker name, but like they'll they'll sign it with their hacker name. Um, me. I don't know if I don't know. I don't know if this is actually true. They depict it in things like Criminal Minds and like, uh, like you know, murder mystery shows where, 
specific, uh, especially like with serial killers, they will have some kind of signature that they leave behind at the crime scene. That's a calling card. Right. Yeah, exactly. There, there we go. I think some hackers do that. So obviously, yeah, not with a real name. Unless, of course, you know, you're, you know, trying to hack Twitter and, you know, using Bitcoin and you link your Bitcoin with your driver's license and <laughs> because, you know, like they had yeah, to know that was, the they had to know that was going to catch up with them. Oh, yeah, it seems like such a rookie mistake for some people that actually managed to pull off a pretty high-profile stunt, but whatever, I don't know. Yup. Well, I, I don't know. Supposedly, it was just the one kid that was like, did everything, but then I, I, I don't remember. Anyway. So, uh, the source. Some source says that there's more files that are going to be shared soon from this huge data breach. And, uh... Oh, excuse me. Uh... There's a guy here that says, if you do find password-protected zip files from the stuff, uh, the password is either Intel123 with a capital I or Intel123, all lowercase. So, there you go. Do you want to know what uh, Intel's up to, I guess? So. Yeah. And uh, Snapdragon has some chip flaws that put, uh, like, 1 billion Android phones at risk of data theft. Um, a billion or more Android devices are vulnerable to hacks that can, um, that can turn them into spying tools by exploiting more than 400, wow, 400 vulnerabilities in Qualcomm Snapdragon chips. Yikes. 400, Zach. Quite a few. Yeah, just a little bit. Uh, the vulnerabilities can be exploited when a target downloads a video or other content that's rendered by the chip. Uh, targets can also t uh, be attacked by installing malicious apps that require no permission at all. Attackers can then monitor locations and listen to nearby audio in real time, as well as exfiltrate photos and videos. I don't know if that means like exfiltrate. Exfiltrate. Excuse me. There we go. Yep. Exploits will also make it possible to render the phone completely unresponsive. Infections can be hidden from the operating system in a way that makes uh, disinfecting difficult. Okay, that's always great, right? Seems like a uh, tough problem. <sighs> so Qualcomm has released a fix for the flaws. But so far, it hasn't been incorporated into the Android OS or any Android devices that uh, use Snapdragon, uh, at least according to Checkpoint. Here's the thing about, like, updates for Android devices, too, is that unlike with Apple, each manufacturer sends the updates down when they want to send the updates down. It's not, like, on a set date. Let's see. So Checkpoint is withholding technical difficulties about or details um, about the vulnerabilities and how they can be exploited until fixes make their way uh, to end users' devices. That's probably smart. Probably. 
Uh, so Checkpoint also says that Snapdragon is included in about 40% of phones worldwide. So with an estimated 3 billion Android devices, that amounts to more than a billion phones. And Snapdragons are embedded in around 90% of devices. Okay. Yep. Um, so the other thing is there's not much helpful guidance to provide users or uh, to provide users for protecting themselves against these exploits. But uh, as a as a as a precautionary measure, downloading apps only from the Play Store probably a smart idea. So yeah. Anyway, I'm not too worried about it. I don't do dumb things with my phone. <laughs> so let's see, uh, Intel confirms its 11th generation processors will launch on September 2nd. Uh, and a slip-up. Apparently, they leaked it on their own website, Zach. Yawn. <laughs> Do you think maybe they leaked it on purpose to create some hype about it? Wanted to create hype. This is not the way to do it. So, uh... Less people are going to see it. For example, leaked benchmarks have shown that the so-called Intel Core i7-1165 G7... Oh, God. That's right. We've got the stupid naming schemes now. Uh, will be a, oh, get this, a quad-core eight-thread chip with a base clock of 2.8 gigahertz. What is the name of this chip? It is the 1165G7. Uh, let's see here. They're also expecting a major leap in the graphics department as the Tiger Lake processors will be the first to feature Gen 12 XE graphics. Did I say that right? Is that how I they're, don't know. Is that how they're pronouncing that now? I don't know. So leaked benchmarks have also confirmed this with the Core i7-1165G7's integrated graphics managing to outperform the GeForce MX350. I don't know how good of a... And I'm guessing that's onboard graphics. I don't know how good those onboard graphics are, if that's what those are. Oh, no. I'm sorry. That is a standalone notebook graphics card uh, that yeah, was released by NVIDIA a, just... That's probably a lower-end uh, yeah, dedicated card. That was launched uh, by NVIDIA just a few months back. Uh, so, of course, speculation that the company is going to be providing more details about its first discrete GPU and DG, uh, oh, the DG1, uh, which they showed off at CES 2020. Yeah, yawned. Okay. Let's see, what else? Oh, uh, this is interesting. Huawei says it's running out of chips for its smartphones because of U.S. sanctions. <laughs> yeah, because TM TSMC won't do business with them. Kind of makes you wonder. I think uh, I think Google like banned them from using like uh, yeah, Google Google apps or something like that. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, I don't know if it's like they can't use the Android operating system or they just can't use the Play Store or what it is exactly. So I'm sure their next phone will have some like awful homebrew OS. You know, the next stuff they come out with. Because, I mean, they can't just retroactively, like... If say, it makes okay, it that far. your phones back. I'm sure they will. Why wouldn't they? Well, if they can't find somebody to make chips for them. 
billions and billions of dollars go a long way. Well, you know, Intel's got billions and billions of dollars, and they still can't figure out how to produce their chips right now. But they're not dead. And it's because of those billions of dollars. <laughs> they're not dead yet! One would argue, though, that Intel is probably a much bigger company than Huawei. a long time. Yeah. I don't know. I actually don't know about that. Both Here, of them are titanic companies. Say that. Huawei is? They're, they are huge in China. Absolutely mm. enormous in China. We'll see what happens, though. If they're, if they're doing their own homebrew... They can't find somebody to make chips for them, and they're doing their own homebrew operating system. Is that enough to maybe take them down a little bit? I don't know. I'm sure they're not happy about it. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Don't be a terrible company. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Don't be a terrible company, then. I mean, when you do business in China, or if you're a Chinese-based company, you pretty much have to do whatever the government wants you to do. And if the government wants you to spy on other countries, then you do that. When those countries don't like it, well, I guess it sucks for you. So I said, don't be a terrible company. Yeah, but what are they to do in that situation? I mean, we don't necessarily know that that's what happened, but... No, we're guessing. That is what happened. I mean, what are they to do? Well, that's that's where we're at with, like, TikTok right now. So, and I think, wasn't, like, WhatsApp or something like that also, like, there were some controversies about, like, the same thing? Well, there pretty much is with, like, any, like, Chinese thing that kind of, like, integrates itself into you know, our culture. But, yeah. Anyway. Hey, look at that. OBS did not freak out this week, it looks like. We're still streaming just fine. We're doing good. I don't know. We were dropping frame rates and other stuff left and right last week. I'm not quite sure what was happening with that. But, anyway. I am exhausted. Had a long day yesterday. And uh, so, yeah, we are going to call this show here. So thanks for joining us. If you liked it, thumbs up. If you didn't, thumbs down. Get subscribed if you haven't done that already. And, uh, yeah, uh, I think that's it. Zach, you don't have anything else to add, do you? Nope. All right. We will talk to you next week. Bye.